Anderson, Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, Buzz Sawyer, and here comes Tommy Wildfire Rich. Tommy Wildfire Rich exploding on all of them. Well, let me tell you something, brother. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man. You no good for nothing, egg-sucking dog. Talk to me, warrior! Baby, I'm having a birthday party in the army. Sort of like, welcome to my nightmare. I'm Roddy Piper, and you're not. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. With a symbol of excellence, the Four Horsemen. Oh, yeah! Hello and welcome to Members Only Studios. Happy to have you here. I'm not alone. I've got, as typical, the one and only Matt Moore. What's up? And I've got his brother <laughs> from another mother, the Snowball himself, Mike yes. Moore. Good to be here. Snowball <laughs> is here. Snowball's in. It, it just feels good. It does feel good. It well, you know, he did such a good a couple, such a good job a couple months ago. We thought we would have him back, and this is a custom-made topic for these three guys. There it yeah, is. Yeah, it was either me or have Jason Pitzmeyer come in and talk <laughs> about his uh, macaroni art and <laughs> sculpture stuff. Yes. So you know, I. I guess I got firing. the fall over that. He's shooting fire darts right out. He the, sure is, right man. He's, he's getting in the in, in the mood for this. I, I love it. I love so it. I, I originally invited David Yuska, my great friend growing up. Uh, we were best friends since we were little kids, and uh, we we kind of started watching wrestling together and went to the matches and stuff. And uh, he couldn't make it tonight, but this will be a great group. So if you haven't figured it out by the title of the podcast. Yes. And by what I just teased, we're going to talk about pro wrestling in the 80s. Come on. So originally, Ow! we did this a few months ago. My good friend Devlin Anderson uh, joined me. And uh, we talked about our favorite wrestlers of the 80s. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a little twist on that and talk about our, our favorite wrestling promotions of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about you know the programs we watch, the difference between the NWA and the WWF. Uh, we're gonna have our dream cards at the end, like like these would be the best matches of wrestlers that we grew up on. So um, we're gonna do a lot of cool stuff today. Uh, I'm excited. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna take a break real fast, and we'll be right back. And we're going to uh, just dive right in. Welcome back. And you know, some topics excite me. Some really excite me. Oh yeah. Uh, any any of the music based ones, I'm all in, all in. Uh, this one, wrestling, I was such a huge wrestling fan in the 80s. Uh, it kept on for a while, but uh, what we're going to do, we're going to go around the table here and sort of talk about at what point did we realize we were wrestling fans, what was going on, like what are your earliest memories and, and maybe some of the stars from, from that point. So, Mike, you are the special guest, so you, you get to go the, first. Yes, <laughs> you're so special, Mike. Absolutely. Um... My first memories of wrestling, when I was probably five years old, my dad would take me to the local Union Hall, and we would have wrestling come to town. So he knew the uh, 
the state athletic commission guys, so they would take me to the locker room. I okay, be, before we go yep. further, where where geographically was this? Mansfield, Ohio. Okay, got it. Yep. So we would go to the locker room. <clears throat> I remember walking through the locker room, seeing all the wrestlers intermingle. To me, it didn't really mean that much for the faces and the heels to you know, be intermingling. But also, one of the biggest memories I have is, and I've tried to look up and find out who this wrestler is. Some guy came to the ring, he had no shoes on, and he had a pig. He had a pig? He had a pig. <laughs> it wasn't Uncle Elmer? And it wasn't Uncle oh. Elmer, so this was probably around 74, 75. Um, I figured out it's one of two federations. It's probably Big Time Wrestling out of Detroit. This mm-hmm. was run by the Sheik. Yeah. And uh, it was either that or what was called the, uh, the NWF, which was run out of Buffalo and Cleveland. Mm. So I've got it narrowed down to those two, but I really have no idea. You know who the guy was. Barefoot was it? Haystacks Calhoun with a pig. No, he was a thin guy. Okay, yeah, that wasn't Haystacks. Yeah, interesting. Huh. Yeah. So, okay. so was it the pig that drew you in, or I was just, I just, I remember obviously remember made an impression to be that young to be sitting there watching, you know, this guy come to the ring with a pig. <laughs> yeah, and, and and the fact that there is a pig there, like maybe that gave him a competitive advantage. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember what happened to the pig. I don't really remember the match. But the only match I remember is some guy got jumped by a group of people, went over to the payphone, everybody was screaming, gave him a dime, to, and he called some guy, and next time they were coming to town, that guy was coming with him. So <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm sure it was a long-distance call he did. That actually. is from <laughs> Yes. That is awesome. That's so, awesome. So, okay, from there, um, we're going to go over to Matt. Matt? Uh, I mean, I, I started probably. I mean, elementary. You know, I, I think I kind of grew up watching it. You know, Georgia Championship Wrestling. Uh, what was that six oh five on Saturday? Is it Saturday night. Saturday night. <clears throat> and I think that's where we started just watching it. And and, uh, and we had a connection to someone on a commission in, in Columbus, <clears throat> and um, we would always get free tickets. So like they came down to like Patel Hall and. Uh, you know, in the in Columbus Convention Center, mm-hmm. and and you know, free tickets every time they came, which was I don't know how many times a year would you think they came? They probably come once once every two months. I'm yeah, I, I felt like it was like five or six times a year yeah. they'd be down there, and so I mean, I, we we would go to all the matches, and and uh, and and I, I access to the to the locker room uh, one just one time, and uh, my my little story there was um, Andre Giant was was right. Right there. I mean, and, and we we walked right by Andre the Giant, and, and he, he uh, all all he did was he took his hand, which is very large, very big hand, and just put it on my head, and, and gave me a little nudge. And the only words out of his mouth was "Get out of here," just like that. Very a little French. So you were anointed by Andre. The I was Giant. I was knighted. Yeah, You're yeah. Knighted. I was knighted. I think that means so, kicked out. I think yeah, that means something did. different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he, yeah, he, he uh, but that, but our, our thing as a kid was, you know, you go to these matches, and every match, you know, they have the entrance music and the dudes that go to their, and so we would have to like, we want to run and touch them, you know, yeah. when they, when they would go to the ring, a, a, a mass of, of youngins would yeah, run. There are no barriers. Yeah. Oh yeah. No yeah. barriers. No no uh, social distancing. Maybe a loose rope hanging on the edge of a chair. Maybe. And Maybe. But we would pile on, and we just want to touch him when he walked by. Just you know, just to you know, high touch five, yeah, right? high five, and hold your hand out. It yeah. was, uh, and, and that's the kind of thing that kind of just really 
you know, drew me in. I, I just the, the excitement of actually seeing him in person. I do realize that you know we talked about this before we started that you know wrestling's not for everybody. Everybody, you know, some folks just are completely turned off by. It. They don't put it in there as a as a competitive sport or whatever. But oh my goodness, I mean, uh, uh, growing up with it, it was uh, it was everything. I mean, we we even had our, we in junior high we had our own, own uh, little wrestling matches. We go to Steve Tucker's house. And we go to his basement, and we had ropes, and we had, you know, chairs, and we had our own little, we had our own belt made, and beat the crap out of each other in the basement for a while. And <laughs> yeah, I got in trouble for beating up my stepbrother all the time. Mm-hmm. What happens? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Billy, know. wake up! It's time for your beating. <laughs> you didn't lose much. No, okay. absolutely not. All right, yeah, yeah. I so I I, I, I grew up more like that. I owned him. Uh, it was George Championship Wrestling that kind of pulled me in. And going to the matches in person really sealed the deal. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, it's, that was my, my start there, I guess. Yeah. What about you, Robbie? Uh, for me, I, I can remember it plain as day. It was in the spring of 1981. Uh, I was a freshman in high school, and my brother and his friend Toby Book would watch wrestling every Saturday. And they'd come and talk about it, and what, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Um, and then we ended up going to my aunt's house in Kentucky. And uh, Saturday night, Georgia Championship Wrestling came on. Except at that time, it came on at 5.30. It's before they changed it to that 6.05 thing. And uh, Chuck's like, okay, we get to watch this. I'm like, I'm stuck in Aunt Louise's house. It's very boring here. I will watch wrestling. Oh, my goodness. I was hooked. <laughs> it, the, the angle at the time was Ted DiBiase was in the hospital because he was jumped by the Freebirds who piledrived <laughs> him on the concrete floor. And then they snuck into the hospital. They got this on video. <clears throat> and they, they beat the crap out of him. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so from there, like, I, I start watching it. And my friend David, I'm like, dude, we could gotta watch it so he gets hooked on it and our friend art gets hooked on it he was art wasn't quite as hooked on it as we were but like me and david we would go to matches every time they came right and we would just oh my gosh it was it was amazing now again we want to talk about like you said before and i kind of skipped over it when we started but um it's not everybody's cup of tea we get it we understand it Mm -hmm. but um one thing about wrestling, you know, it's got this mystique about it. They say, oh, wrestling's fake, and it's this, and it's that, and it's whatever. Uh, I'm going to go on record saying it's not fake. Okay. It's not fake. Uh, elaborate. Choreographed endings, uh, or, you know, choreographed uh, moves and maneuvers. Mm-hmm. Um, the endings uh, are definitely pre-planned, but those guys beat the crap out of each other. Oh, yeah. You can't fake landing on your back on a concrete floor. You can't. You and, can't and if you ever get in the, the ring... It, there's no give in that ring. It's like plywood. It's like landing on plywood. So those guys get body slammed. They're getting hurt. Oh yeah. I mean, you, when you when you think, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure you know every punch may not uh, be the same as if you you punch somebody in a bar. Maybe it's a, a, a tad like you oh, say yeah. choreographed at yeah. times. You might miss. It's yeah. Okay. How, Act like you hit you. That's however, good. Uh, I mean, there, there, I could I could stand up. I could wake up in the morning. Get out of my bed and, and walk to the bathroom and like stub a toe, pull pull a muscle in my back and be in pain for I'd be on short term disability for a week <laughs> yes. J- just by something little or you know if I, I could mow the yard and, and be 
you know, sore. Right. I mean, these dudes are, you know, at, at, uh, at whatever age they find themselves in the ring, they are flying 10, 12, 15 feet in the air. They're going full force. Uh, I mean, and the slaps, the, the hits, the, the yeah. landings. I mean, it's choreographed or not. Um, yeah. There's some pain being inflicted. There's, there's a lot of pain being inflicted. These guys, um, I mean, their life expectancies. A lot shorter than other sports. I mean, these you dudes know what? Are, That's right. I mean, think about short. all of the wrestler deaths. I mean, it's mm-hmm. I, and I, I don't know. I think a lot of it's the wear and tear in the ring, obviously, mm-hmm. and then maybe to to survive and to, to wrestle the next day. Maybe a lot of a lot of medications, the the, the, the lifestyle to just to survive you, you and get live. Hooked on painkillers, yeah. Um, and not to mention, it, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's it's a rough life. Or, um, you're, you're, I mean, you're on the road. Uh, I mean, this is well documented. You guys could look this up anywhere. Uh, these guys are on the road in a 365-day year, maybe 320 days, 330 days. Think, think of all the the, the CT, you know, what, what, what's uh, the helmets in the football? What do they call it? Is it CTE or something like that? Uh, or, yeah, something like that. It's you know the brain injuries, the concussions, from the concussions and, and all the the protocols they've got for the football players who play 60 minutes once a week. For you know three months, yeah. and these guys are out three hundred. I mean, their heads getting banged around. I mean, I can't imagine. Uh, I can't imagine the pain that their bodies have been put through. Well, on top of that, you look at like like later on in the eighties, and, and probably even up to current. I would pretty pretty safe to say a lot of these guys are on steroids. I mean, oh yeah, they're huge. They get you know they get bigger contracts. They get paid more. They become main eventers. The bigger, the stronger, the better their look is. The better right. their mic skills are. Like there's a lot of things that so there's a lot of pressure for these guys, especially when they start getting families and stuff. Um, there's a lot of pressure on these guys to make money. What, what and, we, and when you hear when you hear wrestlers talk about um, matches and 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 the old days and stuff, you can hardly ever find an interview with these wrestlers when they're talking about well we drew a lot of money. That that's the priority. Like we drew a lot of money. You know we created a lot of heat. We drew yeah. a lot of money. So they drew a lot of money, but they also had to pay. Their own travel, their own hotel. Right. They would pack four, six guys in a hotel room. Yep. Four guys in a car. Yeah. Well, see, and, and I didn't, and, and you know, you said so. The unless you're the nature boy. No. Woo. <laughs> he might share his jet. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you said how the, the endings were choreographed and stuff. But when I was younger, though, I, I didn't know that. I mean, to to me, when I was younger. It happened. So you always bought it. When I first started, I bought it. I hope but you're probably Seeker, like a real young kid, though. I was, yeah, very young, and I'm just like, this is mm-hmm. as real as it gets. And uh, one time we went to, we found out the wrestlers were staying at the Harley Inn Hotel in Columbus, mm-hmm. and so, and I think I was, you know, maybe 14, 15, got a ride, and we went to Harley Hotel, and we're standing outside, and we're talking to this wrestler, Tim Horner, and, and White Lightning, White Lightning, yeah, and we're yeah. talking, we're talking with him, and 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 it was just. The coolest thing in the world. I mean, I'm, I'm, we're just talking, and he's like, he's so cool, and we're talking like half hour outside his hotel, and then all of a sudden, here comes a, a car pulling up. It's the Iron Sheik, and, and the Iron Sheik gets out of his car and he starts walking. He had and, and the white lightning has back to the Sheik. Didn't see him walking up, and I did, and I'm thinking in my mind, oh crap, they it's about to go down right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was totally expecting this fist fight. And and uh, I thought in my mind I'm reading a pro wrestling illustrated in my mind you know this fight in Columbus local boy breaks it up and all this kind of stuff I'm, <laughs> he I'm just, cries and they, yeah, they stop I'm waiting for <laughs> I, I'm just getting ready to go down and the sheik walked by and it said sup 
and, and Tim went, sup? And then he walked in the hotel and I went, what the crap? What the crap just happened? What? And, and so that, what? so that, that hurt me a moment, for a moment, you know. That's when I started realizing that maybe they didn't hate each other all the time. Yeah. You know, but. Yeah. A couple weeks ago when I got the call from the bullpen that I was going to be on here, you know, I started doing a little <laughs> research. So, you know, how did pro wrestling start? When did it come become predetermined? Yeah. You know, those kind of things. Um, so I don't know if you want to know, but basically yeah, pro wrestling yeah, started right after the Civil War. Your local traveling carnivals, that was part of it. But guys started figuring out that they're beating the crap out of each other every single night. <laughs> yeah. All right. So quickly they learned, all right, tonight you're going to win. Tomorrow yeah. I'm going to win. We can work not quite as hard. Yeah, so this is like 1860s. We've got some... A traveling wrestling. Yeah, around 1880, yeah, 1900, yeah, they, they're traveling wrestling. Wow. Uh, they, around early 1900s, the, started getting predetermined matches, but the popularity of wrestling at that time, you know, the big sports were baseball and boxing, but wrestling was start, starting to sell at the arenas at that point. Wow. You know. So, Snowball. Hmm. Yeah, snowball. Just bring, in, bring a little knowledge your way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so around around 1900, they started predetermining matches, and then the boxing commission kind of got onto it, and you know the it started leaking. You know, was yeah. it all predetermined as early as you know the early 1900s? But wow. yeah, but then you know around the 1920s is when they started with the you know the gimmicks, the time limits, the disqualifications, um, tag team wrestling. You know, they started adding those things, the storylines. They started creating territories so they could tell the stories over a long period of time. Yes. And uh, when TV came along in the 50s, mm -hmm. um, it added a whole new dynamic. Because now you have announcers you know, coming into your home weekly talking about these matches and what's going on. Yeah. It's funny you should mention the territories. Um, that was huge, uh, particularly into the 80s. Uh, it, now everyone knows the WWE, and yep. they see AEW as kind of like this this fledgling company that's kind of on the rise, you know. So there's basically two major, one major company and one other company. Um, in the in, in, when we grew up, like there were lots of different territories, and what would happen a lot is they would take a lot of these guys. Uh, we'll, we'll say um, we'll say like uh, the superstar. Masked Superstar, um, which ended up, his name's Bill Eady in real life, and he was Demolition Axe or Smash? He was Axe. Axe, yep. Yeah. So, uh, for example, he would wrestle in Georgia for a month or two, and he would, uh, they'd eventually have things like a loser leaves town match. So he could, you know, leave town and go to the Mid Atlantic for a couple months, and maybe he'll go to Memphis and Missouri. Maybe bounce over the AWA. Actually, Same kind big, of thing. He, he was comes big in, in Japan. He was all part of the New Japan. Yes, he was. Hey, good one. Look at this cat. Yes, this cat. So people, ah. so people like that, particularly the heels, like the, the baby faces, the good guys, they were pretty much staying in place most of the time. There'd be a new bad guy kind of cycling through every once in a while. Like, like I, Tommy Rich was one of our favorites. Like right. he would he would be feuding with Buzz Sawyer for a while, Roddy Piper for a while, Superstar for a while. Yeah. So like you would get these guys coming and going. Like the heels pretty much could hit the road, do the exact same thing, sneak attack somebody in the ring and start a feud mm -hmm. that lasts for two or three months and move on to the yeah. next. Yeah. Sometimes they would sign contracts and sometimes they would be on loan. Yeah. So they would you know just kept it fresh, kept the storylines a lot more fresh versus today. 
you know, you basically have one large organization. You got the same guys every single week, every single right. year. Right. Yeah, it's like, ugh. And in and, and today's wrestling, um, I, I it's almost unwatchable for me. Like, I can watch, we talked about this before we got, went on the uh, air here. Uh, like the AEW, they bring some of the older guys in that, for nostalgic reasons. We get to see them, draw some viewers in. But if if I'm watching the WWE for more than five minutes, I want to pluck my eyes out. You don't like the <laughs> 15 false finishes? I do <laughs> not. I do not. And it's, it, everything is just so... Like, like if a guy's in the ring and whoever he's feuding with is going to attack, you hear the theme music playing a right. minute ahead of time, and the guy either acts like he doesn't hear it or gets up and looks around like, oh my gosh... What is he doing here? Right. Yeah. You know, back in the day, Kevin Sullivan would cut a hole in the bottom of the ring and and pull somebody down in and beat the crap out of them. Right. You know that right. that spontaneity is gone, and I think that's why wrestling stays. Yeah, it, it's it's extremely theatrical now. Yes, it is. I mean, back back. I mean, there was there was theatrics. Oh yeah, there's always I mean, always that been element. some drama, but but today it seems to be over the top theatrical. Like like. My my dad used to kin it to like you know uh, soap operas. You know they, he always said you know you know the moms would like the soap operas, but the dads this was our our soap opera with some good old violence mixed in. There. Oh yeah, so it's kind of because you still got storylines and you've got uh, characters and and things change. So it's it's the same kind of premise, but it's uh, you know it's a lot cooler. So we can't have a conversation about wrestling in the eighties without talking about the two premier organizations. Like, we talked about how we had all of these territories, uh, mostly under the NWA banner, the Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling from Florida, Georgia Mm -hmm. Championship Wrestling, and all of these. And uh, in the mid-'80s, I believe it was 1985, uh, Vince McMahon Jr. Yes, his dad, Vince McMahon Sr., Yes. Well, he bought out his father. He bought him out. <laughs> I like it as and, a firing. And, and then just kind of put him in a rest home. <laughs> no, Dad, I didn't fire you, but I'm putting you out the pasture. Also good. So what what he did, he he wanted he was seeing what was going on with Georgia and on the Superstation, and he kind of wanted a piece of the action. Like, he wanted to go national, which we mentioned before that, like, in the good old boy network back then, you wouldn't cross territories. But... Vince really wanted to do that. So he hired away a lot of talent from like the AWA, like Bobby Heenan, Jesse Ventura, Adrian Adonis, uh, the Midnight Rockers. Uh, those guys all came from the AWA. And then they start stealing other guys from places. Took Roddy Piper, uh, took Greg Valentine from the NWA. So now he's becoming this national organization. And um, we were talking off air about uh, the different eras. So, Mike, won't you... Talk a little bit about um, the evolution of the WWF in the 80s, like what okay. you saw. Sure. Late 70s, early 80s, WWF was all about the different ethnicities. You you know, your baby faces were, you know, your Italians, Bruno San Martino, Ivan Putski, the Polish power, Pedro Morales, um, your Hispanic, Puerto Rican, Jay Strongbow, your Indian... You know, so those are your baby faces. And then you had, like, your all-American guys, like Bob Backlund. And then, of course, your heels had to be those, you know, evil Russians or Japanese, you know, like uh, Ivan Koloff or Mr. Fuji or Mr. Saito, you know. 
So that's kind of how it really first started when I was, you know, a kid watching it. And then in the early 80s, it, it all became about the Giants, bringing in Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Big John Studd, uh, King Kong Bundy, yeah. Sergeant Slaughter, all... Everybody was larger than life, and that was what they were going for. Yeah. And I could still buy into it. Yeah, the matches were pretty slow-paced, but, you know, when you see a man seven foot tall, 300 pounds, you know, it makes you stop and watch. Yes. But then in the mid-'80s, it just became all about the characters. You know, you took a guy like Ted DiBiase, who was, you know, in the NWA, brought him in and becomes the million-dollar man. He's not Ted DiBiase. He's the million-dollar man. You've got a guy like Mike Rotundo. Now he's IRS, Irwin R. Scheister, the evil... (laughs) The tax collector (laughs) guy. The evil tax collector. Yes. And Randy Savage is the macho man. Well, he was a macho man before he came. Was he? He's always... Yeah, back in Memphis when he debuted, he was a macho man. Kerry Von Erich is now the Texas Tornado. Yes. The the, the Dingo Warrior becomes the ultimate warrior. (laughs) And my favorite character, the Red Rooster. Terry oh, Taylor. Terry Taylor was once a good wrestler, man. He had that stupid Red Rooster gimmick with the hair. That was dumb. So, yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of how it evolved. About the mid-'80s is just when I had to stop watching it. I wasn't into The Undertaker, and, you know, it was just the same thing over and over again. It was just it was bad theater, in my opinion. Yep. Yep, agreed. So, um... When when that movement was happening, meanwhile in the NWA, we've got the Four Horsemen. You've got uh, the Steiners and Ric Flair and like Nikita Koloff. Like these guys were really good athletes. Um, the guys booking the territory back then were Dusty Rhodes was doing it for a while. Ole Anderson, Kevin Sullivan. These guys were 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 putting like. When, while the WWF was doing cartoons and lunchboxes and little wrestling buddies, right. you can so another term, Booker. Yeah, Booker, the guy behind the scenes that kind of pulls the strings. Yeah, like yeah. you're going to do this, and this is how the match is going to finish, and you're going to be a heel tonight, you're going to be a baby face, and we're going to do yeah. So that's that guy. So we're just here to educate the public. That's, that's what that's we're it. here for. I like it. That's what we're here for. So um, uh, while the while the WWF is is putting out toys and lunchbox and cartoons and stuff, the NWA is having these guys beating the crap out of each other, bleeding every night. Like you were, you were, you would see no blood in the WWF during this time period because they were catering to small children. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when when I I watched WrestleMania one. Now at this point it was 1985, and I you know having been a wrestling fan for like four years at this time. I'm seeing wrestling grow to this height and this huge event had come along and I'm watching this and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this isn't, this isn't the wrestling I, I, I liked you know, what drew me in. Cause it was so cartoony. I get Mr. T in there and like, Liberace, Liberace, uh, Tommy Lasorda's <laughs> there. Ali is a Donald referee. Trump shows up. I mean, <laughs> it's like, come on, it's it's just it just it wasn't fun. Uh, so I guess for us adult males or guys that were like teenagers back then, we don't want to watch the wrestling buddies. We want to watch Flair and Dusty Rhodes wrestle for ninety minutes and just beat the crap out of each other and blood and chairs and ladders and just anything just some spontaneity 
it, it was gone with the WWF. Now they rebounded later, um, and you know more the Attitude Era they call it, which is like uh, when Degeneration X came along and kind of actually like they were copying what the NWO was doing in WCW. So kinda. what's a better era in your opinion, um, early '80s or the Attitude Era of the WWF? Um, wrestling overall. Oh gosh, that's tough. I mean, looking back now. Um, man, that's a t- the, one of the toughest questions ever because I, I think they're pretty even. Um, but as far as like just the the the, I would have to say the that attitude era. Just because every week you just didn't know who was coming and going. And yes, yeah, you see guys going back and forth from WCW, WWF. Uh, I remember when Rick Rude was uh he was a, a the bodyguard for um for Degeneration X. Didn't he appear on both shows in the same yes, night? Because yes, because Raw, 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 Raw was taped like the week weekend before, and Rick Rude came out on WCW, you know, live, and he even said, he's like, in about 20 minutes from now, you're going to see me sh- saving Shawn Michaels from Diesel. Or you're not, it wasn't Diesel because he was already in WCW at this time. Like, you know, you're going to see these things happen. And then during the, during the, the broadcast itself... Like uh, you would hear, like uh, Tony Schiavone say something like, "In case you you care, the Undertaker just lost to whoever." <laughs> like they'd be yep. giving away match results, and for eighty-five weeks in a row, eighty-three weeks, eighty-three weeks, WCW dominated the ratings. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, took Vince McMahon to the cleaners, and he hated it. Almost went bankrupt. Yes. Wow. And so. Because internally, WCW made a bunch of bonehead decisions, brought some people in there that weren't good bookers, and um, Vince Russo is the devil. The thing I've always found fascinating about the bookers, Mm -hmm. they are almost always the champions. You know, Jerry Lawler is a 52-time Memphis champion. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was, well, he was part owner of the company. Yes, I yes. know. I mean, yeah, which, booker, which owners, him. I mean... You know, Dusty always put himself in the limelight. It was yep. just amazing. You know, the yep. Sheik up in Detroit, he was a 16-time champion up there. So, so the bookers were the wrestlers. I mean, a lot uh, of them were. Some of them were. Some were retired wrestlers. Yeah. But now, one of the ones, now he got some grief a little bit for it was Kevin Sullivan, who never really was a champion. Maybe he had a couple regional champions, championships, mm-hmm. but he pretty much put the company in front of himself. But a lot of the guys didn't like the direction he wanted to take the company. Mm-hmm. He's like, but he was one of the most selfless right. guys. But you know, and then they started creating committees, and yeah. You know. So you have a whole room of people deciding, you know, what's going on. And and some guys, like when Chris Jericho left WCW, like he couldn't, like his character was so over. Which meaning, when you say they're over, it's like they're. To, they have heightened their popularity for the fans. That you know, like people, they're believable. Whether they're good guys or bad guys, they get a crowd reaction. That right. means they're over. And so he got so frustrated with the process and the politics, he went to the WWF and became the biggest star for a while. Wow. <laughs> so wow. that was it. But anyhow, um, it, you can't have the discussion on territories without talking about. Um, the WWF versus the NWA when the Clash of the Champions would be on like I would watch Absolutely. every single one mm-hmm. when Wrestlemania would come on I'm like meh yeah. yeah. I don't care yeah. Vince thought he had to move below the Mason-Dixon line yeah middle school I got my heart broke twice oh no 
Twice. What was her name? Never a girl. <laughs> Never a girl. Uh, Always did the heartbreaking. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. So you're a heartbreaker, dream maker, love taker. Don't you mess around with me? Yeah, absolutely. Don't mess around with Mike. I explained it to my wife the other day. I said, you remember growing up and when G98 out of Cleveland, we woke up one morning and it was no longer G98, which would be like WNCI here. Right, it was your, right. Every teenager listened to it. Right. That broke my heart. Totally went away. The other one, Black Saturday, July oh. 1984. Yes. Vince McMahon bought the time slot from the Briscoe Brothers. Yes. Gave them jobs for life. Wow. Poor Ole Anderson left out, hung out to dry. Oh, wow. Yep. So Vince takes over the 605 time slot, promises to bring in original, you know, um, recordings of the WWF at that time, but he doesn't. All he does is regurgitate replays of the matches you're going to see uh, wow. on the other stations. Mm-hmm. And poor um, Ole Anderson has like a 9 a.m. time slot, and he starts championship wrestling from Georgia. Yes. And all the guys that were Georgia championship wrestling, they're gone. So it's him and some guy named Thunderbolt Patterson. Yes. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> terrible. Yep. Wow. But the thing is, everybody in the South... They didn't want the WWF, so yep. less than a year, um, what's his name? The Crockett's purchased the time slot. Yep. And that's when you saw the merger of uh, basically what would have been Georgia Championship Wrestling and Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. And the UWF, Bill Watts's old territory, yes. which is what brought us Dr. Death, Steve Williams, Sting. Um, there, were, there were several others that are kind of escaping me right now, but... But that whole group came in all about the same time and built what became WCW. Yeah. Wow. So that's when the Crockers were trying to go national also. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a lot of inf- more information about territories than you wanted to know, isn't it, yeah, I, A little bit. But, but at the same time, <laughs> you guys know a lot about this stuff. Now, let me add, a lot of guys... it's just committed to memory. Is it like Un- that with you? Unfortunately, it is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 so I'm wondering Black what... Saturday was a big deal. It was a huge <laughs> I remember watching it live. It was horrible. It was terrible. Vince McMahon comes on. WTBS. Like, what is he doing in our studio? Right, I, I what remember, is the yeah. enemy doing there? Yeah, I, I Gordon, yeah. Gordon, gone. I Never to be seen again. Wow. Well, he, he, well, he was seen again. He wasn't seen there. No. Right. Yeah. So yeah, wow. it was it was rough for us wrestling fans, and it. I mean, honestly, it kind of, um, for me, it 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 really. I my fandom was put on pause for a little bit. That's a good way to phrase it, because yeah, same time period. Yep. Just kind of went away. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing it was probably about eighty seven, eighty eight, about the time that Sting and Luger and those guys are coming to WCW and they're taking back over that evening slot. Because yeah, I think Vince had that slot for yeah. a year. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's when I kind of started. It brought me back in and I was hooked to probably shortly after um, Vince bought uh, WCW. I, I hung out for a little bit, but I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't. So, all right. So that, that that's our thoughts on territories. There you go. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, some of our favorite wrestlers and still to come, the ultimate wrestling card. You don't want to miss it. So hang tight. We'll be right back. 
Thank you for listening to Living in the 80s. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Anchor for providing this platform for us to share this podcast. We also want to thank Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Tuned In Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out at our website at livinginthe80s.us and, of course, on our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Thanks, and back to the show. Welcome back. And as always, we are very uh, fortunate to have you know, those those um, those outlets for people to hear our podcast on. So it's pretty cool. So you guys want to hear something really awesome? I do. Absolutely. You know how we talk about being on like Roundtown Radio and stuff. Mm-hmm. Guess how many listeners listened to our show last Saturday morning? How many? Four thousand six hundred eighty-eight. Wow. Stop it. <laughs> yes. Are you for real? I'm for real. Wow. How many are going to listen to this one? Probably Seven. eight. <laughs> <laughs> Seven, eight. Yeah. So I thought, wow, because nope. Travis sends me these stats, and we're still trying to work, work out the time for me doing the countdown show. But uh, for right now, people actually listen to this thing. 4,000 folks. 4,688. Yeah, we'll Shut call it, up. We'll call it five. We'll call it five. We'll call it five. But five I'm, rounds up to ten. We have ten thousand people listening. At least we're doing Dale Benson. Now. I love it. Oh, hey, 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 hey wow. whoa, out, hey, <laughs> zing. Maybe he's questioning his call to the ministry. Okay, there we go. So, yeah. But, yeah uh, I, I want to point out before we go too much further here, if if the five thousand listen, yes. whatever, then <clears throat> some may know that I'm here a lot. I'm, I'm here pretty regular. Yeah. You know. And I just wanted to comment that uh, whenever there's a third party, like if it's me and Rob, yeah. it's just me and we're, we're just chit-chatting. We just do we're, our thing. We're doing our thing. When, when we bring someone else in, um, he's usually really smart. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's, he's, Bet you brought me anyway. Yeah. But we brought Mike anyhow. Yeah. But he, here's what happens. So like, so like Mike comes in, we're talking about wrestling. Mike knows a lot about it. He knows, he knows. He's smart. Boy's got it. Yeah, he walks in. He's got a laptop. He's got uh, he has a suitcase of notes, and he's got a file cabinet. He all I mean he's br- he brings it. I mean his head's full of stuff. His lap I mean he's got notes and things. And he figures. is. He, he may be the most prepared guest we've had. Absolutely. But then yeah. even like you know, when Kevin you, Kevin comes pretty. But prepared. I'm saying when you sit yeah. down with the, the music folks like and with Kevin those guys, you guys get going, and I and I just kind of sit and I take it yeah, in. Yeah, but I'm no Joel. I mean, I well, didn't create it, the internet on my Commodore sixty four. You did not. You're no, not. You're not that status. And and the Aaron Benners and the Pites Myers when you get talking about toys and the hurt, the hurt, the hurt. Easy, yes. easy. I didn't I'm do that. Sorry, before. man. But I'm I mean, sorry. when you get to the collectibles, those guys know what they're talking about. I, I've learned that I don't really know a lot about much. I don't know much, but I know I love you. There it is. And there so I'm, is. I'm just kind of here for the ride. These these there's two laptops. There's three people. There's two laptops running right now, and I'm just throwing it out there. I like wrestling. I love it, and and, and I got some stuff, but, you know, I'm kind of watching you you boys wax eloquently. Nerd out. Nerd out. Yeah. yeah, I'm just throwing it out. I'm just, I just yeah, wanted to say that. We are pretty much. Marks, Straight. as they would call us. Yeah, we would be Marks. Yes. Marks. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to say that. If I throw out any wrestling terms you don't know or understand. Oh yeah. Ask. Okay. I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So me and Mike are what you would call smart fans. You're smart fans, yes. Yes, but sometimes much. we're smarks. Smarts. Because we may know what's going on, but we mark out it. There you go. Sting dropping from the rafters for the very first time. Yeah. I think I got up on my feet and clapped. Okay. Or did make some kind of noise or something. You probably did something. Yeah, but that wasn't in the 80s. That was later. Okay. But we were going to do something. I digress. Go ahead. I just wanted to throw it out there. So uh, we mentioned earlier about the different promotions in wrestling and uh, what made up the landscape of wrestling in the 80s. And Matt had mentioned Pro Wrestling Illustrated earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I used to get that every month. I didn't subscribe. I'd go down to the Read More Bookstore in Grove City. I'd pick up my magazine. I would read that thing cover to cover. And there's also Pro Wrestling. There's Wrestling Digest and The Wrestler. Like, I used to have stacks of wrestling magazines. Absolutely. And I would read those things cover to cover. And it was really cool to me. One was upside down. Like, you read half of it, then you flip it on the backside and you... You remember those that one? Called, I don't remember. Those are called that. comic books. No, no, there was a wrestling magazine like that. No, I don't remember. You don't remember that? No, I don't. Okay, I must have. Uh, if you guys don't know, then I totally must have. Well, I never purchased them. Mom probably wouldn't allow that in the house <laughs> as an elementary school kid. <laughs> what are all these guys doing bleeding? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is that guy taking a fork to that other guy's head? <laughs> so That's Abby, Mom. <laughs> So I would read these magazines, and you would see stories about guys wrestling in other territories. Like, I'm seeing Georgia Championship Wrestling every week. Yeah. And so I'm very familiar with these guys, but I'm seeing these different guys in these different territories going, man, I'd love to see those guys actually wrestle. And then every once in a while, one would come to Georgia. Like, when Roddy Piper first came to Georgia, I, 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 I probably marked out then. I'm like, it's a guy from the magazine. Yeah, <laughs> and man, I tell you what, he was he was like the, the heel. He was a bad guy. He was like the number one heel in the area. Oh yeah, he was my favorite. <laughs> oh, he was a great I sidekick for Gordon. Oh, he was. He 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 kept he kept Gordon kind of on his toes and. So let's do some terminologies here. Okay, you're gonna say some terms, uh, and you're saying them so naturally. Uh, so the good guys are called baby faces. Baby faces. The yeah. bad guys are heels. The heels. Yeah. Uh, what are some other terms? I know is a jobber. A jobber. A jobber. Is a, guy. a jobber. He's an enhancement talent that comes in to make the, the um, talent. Yes, the look talent good. look good. He's he's there to lose. Mike yes. Jackson. Mike Jackson was mostly a jobber. I think mm-hmm. I saw him win a a match once. Really? Yeah. Randy Barber would be definitely a Ken Timms. <laughs> Ken Timms and his brother I'm... Ed Timms. Yeah, <laughs> those were jobbers, which. You know, they back, would fight back, every week. They never yes. win. So backstage, they would call them jabronis. So when you hear the Rock start using the word jabroni on the mic, kind of breaking kayfabe there a little bit, mm-hmm. you kind of going, oh, okay, kind of peeking behind the curtain. Kayfabe would be like what they kind of try to teach you is real. Mm-hmm. When they try live, to live in kayfabe would be like if I'm I uh, Nikita Koloff. And even though I'm in the back room or I'm in the hotel, I'm still using my Russian accent, which is a bad accent. But yeah, I'm still using because he's from Minnesota. Yes, right, right. <laughs> yeah, which is very similar to a Russian accent. Very, very yeah. similar. Yes. yes. So Nikita Koloff would stay in character all the time. All the time. Yeah. Just that That's kind of gravelly voice and the accent. Yeah, he do that all the time. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. And a mark, a mark is somebody who thinks you know everything is completely real. Okay. Like everything is, and then a smart fan is somebody kind of knows what's going on. But even a smart fan can become kind of a mark sometimes. Yeah. So they're a smart. A smart. Yeah. All right. Any other terms we need to know? 
Uh, as we go along, I'm sure they'll come up. Okay. Yeah, some right. will come up, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we'd see these guys come through, through, through Georgia from time to time, and just that would be amazing. So how did Georgia, how did Ohio become a territory for Georgia? Because if you if you look at the landscape of professional wrestling at that time, and, and it was mostly uh, from you know the eastern part of the United States, uh, east, south, uh, and north, northeast. You know everything. I don't know the Mason Dixon line. Everything east of the Mason Dixon line. That's kind of where the concentration of wrestling fans were, and all of these different territories had. Um, sort of like it was an, an unspoken rule that like you don't go into these other territories. Right. So like Missouri was a big thing. Texas, Minnesota didn't it? Didn't have yeah, Minnesota AWA yeah, yeah, was right there. there yeah. uh, you had championship wrestling from Florida. You had you know Mid Southern wrestling in Memphis. Jerry Lawler's promotion, and you had the WWF up in the Northeast. So Ohio was kind of like no one had it, and so when the Superstation. Start, started broadcasting worldwide, uh, they're like, here's an area we're just going to take. That's how it happened. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, a little bit later, the WWF started also doing shows in Columbus. Yeah, yeah. Columbus was always a test market for you know, different television. So Columbus was a big test market um, for the cable. And that's kind of how it really started taking off here. And you had um, like big time wrestling out of uh, Detroit go under in the early 70s you had the nwf go under in the early 70s so it was just sitting there all by itself nobody there and all of a sudden cable comes along and they're getting all these letters from ohio interesting yeah yeah so that that's kind of how that that's, all that's how that happened that is so uh some of the territories we mentioned missouri before and uh a lot of people, like like Mike had said earlier, they would trade talent back and forth. So it wasn't uncommon to see people like Terry Funk or Kerry Von Erich or Ric Flair or Dory Funk Jr. These people here would, would, would wrestle in Missouri for a while, and then they would move somewhere else. Um, one of, the, one of the, the cool things is shortly after I started becoming a wrestling fan, probably, I want to say maybe a year later, the cable system we had started carrying uh, the Mid-Southern Wrestling mm-hmm. on it, like, noon on Saturdays. So that, Jerry Lawler's mm-hmm. promotion. Yeah. You see, like, Jerry Lawler on there and Jeff Jarrett and got to see the Midnight Express and saw The Undertaker for the first time there. That's where he debuted. Uh, he was just, I forget what, he wore a mask. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what his name was. But uh, he, those guys... Um, I'd get to see them on Saturdays. I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. And then, you know, Georgia Championship Wrestling. And then short, uh, probably a year or so later, the WWF started buying time on the USA Network, like Sundays at noon. Mm-hmm. And then, then they would have, well, prior to that, they would have um, uh, Tuesday Night Titans, which was, you know, Titans, the parent company of the WWE. Um, so they would have, like, these, these shows. And I remember just kind of watching this stuff and seeing these guys from these different places like oh this is wonderful yeah for me it was uh my dad got remarried we didn't have cable in my house so every other saturday you gotta go over to dad's house so every other saturday i get to watch georgia championship wrestling and then finally in middle school we got cable and then the world of the wwf then came to light so 
Um, back in the the days when Georgia Championship Wrestling was what we watched, um, it was still pretty much a territorial model. Uh, I remember seeing um, uh, world class championship wrestling out of Texas. Uh, Fritz von Erich um, was the the head guy there, and his sons Kevin, David, Carrie, and there and Mike. He had four sons and Lance. Was it Lance, the made-up son? Yeah, I, I think he was actually like the nephew. Uh, but his last name wasn't really Von Erich, yeah. but they put the Von Erich name on him. But they, um, those guys, like, occasionally the cable system that we had, would, would you could see some of this stuff. And they, like, they had, they had some, um, a tie into USA Network for a while, too. So you could, like, see just a little bit of it. And so I would, uh, I would just, I would love it. I mean, just seeing... These guys you see in the magazines actually get to wrestle like you know, Gino Hernandez. That's where I first saw Tully Blanchard was was wrestling out of there. Uh, when the Von Erickson Freebirds feud, that was one of the best feuds ever. Yeah, for me, my exposure was just happened on a vacation or whatever, but pretty much I was limited to just the two. But I remember going to Florida as a kid, and all of a sudden, here's Dusty Rhodes down here. I'm like, yes. <laughs> My parents are like, yeah, it's time to go to church. I'm like, no! Not till Dusty's gone! Dusty Rose. <laughs> the Mac and Dween. So, um, who were some of your favorites uh, as you were watching growing up? Uh, growing up for me, hands down, I was Tommy Wildfire Rich. Absolutely. That, that was my t-shirt. I, we didn't, like, buy real merch. I mean, like, now everybody's got their own merch. But, I mean, we went down to the South the Mall and that little... A little T-shirt press shop there. We had this conversation. Not yeah, that long ago. I had had to make my own shirt. And said, Did you? Yeah, Tommy Waffle Rich, baby. <laughs> I I had one that said Ric Flair on the front and the Nature Boy on the back. Sweet. And I had another one that said Michael Hayes on the front. Fabulous Freebirds. Yeah, on fab- the back. yeah. I was going to say that just iron on letters. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, but they, they were done. Yeah, they lined up. Great perfect. quality. Great quality. Sounds nice. Mine was a blue shirts. shirt. With the red and yellow for the the wildfire, I mean, it's, mm. it was beautiful. Like, I, I would never wear it to school. No, but I would wear it to like the wrestling matches and mm-hmm. you know around the neighborhood and stuff. Yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tommy Rich was my, was my dude, and then I'm, I love the Freebirds. I love me a little Michael Hayes back in the day. I just uh, they, yeah. they were just cool as cool as crap. Yeah, Tommy was always the guy. I lost a lot of respect for him when I found out uh, that a. Uh, girl that went to our high school was sleeping with him when he had come to town and to be honest she wasn't that impressive let alone the fact that she was in high school you know, so. I, I have a similar story about him in that what <laughs> there there is a a girl that i knew that she was writing for her school newspaper and she interviewed him and she was probably 14 15 oh she didn't do the deed but she um she she said that she kind of felt a little weird like, he was kind of being a little suggestive without actually coming out, and, mm-hmm. you know. Huh. And uh, that was uh, it was kind of uh, kind of strange. Interesting. So shortly after that, he was gone from Georgia, though. So that was okay. I didn't have to see him every week anymore. <laughs> but yeah, when when I mean, he was a great baby face. Yeah. Good guy. But good guy. Yeah. yeah. I, I I liked him because I mean he was a, the bleeder. Like I mean he. When oh, he would yeah. fight, they had a bleach blonde hair, and when he fought, I mean, everything is blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they—they they, he was a bleeder. Problem with for him was though that uh, 
he was that pretty little baby face. And then as he started age just a little bit, nobody wanted him anymore. No. That, and, and he had so many scars in his forehead from being busted open so many times. And, and just sort of a peek behind the curtain here. Uh, when those guys bleed, it, it's not like ketchup or vampire blood. It is they they cut themselves. It'd be a little yeah, sliver, a little, little sliver razor blade in their wrist. Never understood why they cut themselves vertically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to yeah. have the railroad tracks going down the middle of your forehead. Why not cut up into the hairline horizontally? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, you would think. Yeah, Dusty Rhodes. But Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, man, those guys look like they've been cut a thousand Mold. times. Oh but, yeah. So when is the first time that you guys like actually marked out during a match or or during something happening in wrestling that just kind of made you oh my goodness this just happened? Hmm. I'd have to say um, that was probably early middle school when they came to town and. Uh, Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer had a match. The night starts off with Johnny Rich and Buzz Sawyer having a match, and Tommy, you know, runs into the ring to save his cousin Johnny. Yeah. So they put on a match later that night, and just the electricity, the way everybody's just freaking out when Tommy Rich would come to the ring, mm-hmm. you know, just the energy level was like going to Game Seven of the World Series. I mean, oh yeah. The Union Hall wasn't big. There was probably fifteen hundred people packed in there like sardines, just going nuts for the guy. Mm. That's awesome. That's nice. I, I think mine was, and I, I can't remember the details of like, you know, who it was, but like the first time I saw a cage match, uh-huh. you know, where where like, you know, I mean, because it was just, I can't believe they're doing that. I mean, like as they put fence up all around the thing and it just yeah. would literally throw each other right into that thing, and I, yeah. I that, that's where I, I would, I was like, I don't care what you say about this is being real or fake. That looked like I hurt like a mother. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, that there's a, there's not a lot of give. I mean, it was I remember thinking, like you're saying, when I was marked out. I mean, that's when I was kind of going, "Oh crap!" I mean, someone's going to get hurt. Someone's yes. seriously going to get hurt. Oh, my. You know, yeah. I, I was kind of like worried. Instead of just watching the match, I felt I felt really concerned for this yeah. guy's safety. It's crazy. For me, it was. Um, uh, Maybe mid to late summer of 1981, um, uh, the Freebirds broke up. Um, uh, Terry Gordy was apparently fed up with Michael Hayes. Break up on Bad Street USA. That's right. Bad Street USA. Bad Street So they had broken up. They sh- they showed like this grainy film clip of uh, from a house show, and Gordy had just Gordy and Buddy Jack Roberts had just beaten the crap out of Michael Hayes, and so no 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 it, I'm sorry it was just Gordy that did it, and then they show the clip, Gordon Soli sets up the clip and they show it and Michael Hayes is there and he's got like a bandage on his head and he gets on there, he looks like he's about to cry. He starts talking about how, you know, they we've been up and down the road together forever and we grew up in Tennessee or Georgia or whatever. Which by the way, Michael Hayes was born in Washington DC. And 
and Buddy Roberts is from Canada. There but either go. way, yeah. breaking kayfabe, I'm not going to do it. We're yeah. talking about like it's real. Exactly. Yeah. So um, he, he got on there and started talking about it and how that, how could that happen. And so shortly, and so you're kind of feeling for him like, oh my gosh, this is a, a twist as a young wrestling fan I never saw coming. I thought bad guys were always bad and good guys were always good. And so they get him, uh, Terry Gordy and Jimmy Snuka, who no one knew was there, comes out and starts beating up Michael Hayes. And uh, the, the following week, um, so th- this whole time I'm just going nuts. Like, oh my gosh. And it might be like the cliffhanger you part so of much the like show. like Napoleon Dynamite right there. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the next week, um, uh Terry Gordy gets out there with Snooka, and he's, he, he takes like a, a I think like a, a baby rattle or, or something, and and he's like, like you're not even my family anymore, and he throws it on the ground, and I can't remember how it all worked out. But Michael Hayes like, I've got a partner, and we're going to do this. So who comes out? Former Los An- or Oakland Raiders legend Otis Sistrunk to be Michael Hayes' partner. Yeah. And so... Sistrunk takes Gordy and puts him in a full Nelson. Michael Hayes puts a diaper on him and shoves a pacifier in his mouth. <laughs> I'm just going nuts. Like, oh, this is the greatest. Yeah, so, that's funny. So that was my first moment that, like, holy crap, this is kind of unpredictable. Yeah. And so and this is before I went to my first uh, event. Okay. So, and, and I think that first event was, like, it was Gordy and Snuka was a tag team against Michael Hayes and Kevin Von Erich. So, I mean, I was just beside myself. Was this in world class? No, this was in Georgia. It was in Georgia. It was in Georgia, yeah. So, uh, Sistrunk was um, Hayes' partner for a few weeks, and then Kevin Von Erich came along. A little cameo ago. Yeah, so I I think during that time that Kevin Von Erich was in Georgia, he kind of lured the Freebirds over to Texas. (laughs) So... Like sort of the talent on loan, sort of, <laughs> sort of stole the house talent, but yeah, that was that was one time. Another time was when uh, Roddy Piper had turned face. That was good. Yes, um, in real life, Piper had had saved uh, someone in an alley that had had they pulled a knife on somebody. Piper comes yeah. in to break it up, legitimately gets stabbed, and so it's all over the newspapers. And so the uh, Ole Anderson was the Booker. Booker, meaning the guy behind the scenes that kind of develops a storyline, sets the matches, those kind of thing. He's like, we've got this commodity now. We can't continue having him be bad. So Don Morocco comes out, starts pushing around Gordon solely, and Piper comes to his rescue, like he did in real life, the kid in the knife. So that that was another moment. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great. <laughs> so, yeah, those were, those were fun times. Very good. So before we go on to talking about um, our Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. of wrestlers and so forth, we got to pay homage yes. to the legendary Dean of Wrestling, Yeah, one Gordon Soley. Gordon Soley, I think, is was the glue of Georgia. I mean, that dude, he's the commentator. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, it was his voice, the narrator, and... and there it is. That's that was the most. Uh, that was 
very long and drawn yeah. out, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that wasn't worth yeah. it. It was a little Diet Pepsi, folks. Um, but but Gordon Soley, I mean, he I think it was his vision to make wrestling not just entertaining, but educational. Because yes. he would, as people would fight and wrestle and move, he would explain to us, the viewer, what's going on and what, what move affects what body part. And I, I think on a lot of us guys learned the anatomy you know, from Gordon's input. Not sex input. education class, not, not sex ed, no. but the physical body we learned. What are some terms you learned mm-hmm. watching Georgia Championship Wrestling? My favorite, solar plexus. No, I didn't know what a solar plex was. Oh. And, and I, I learned that's... I would have to go with the souple. The yes. souple. You wouldn't call it a souplex. The yeah. vertical souple. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which I thought it was pronounced like that for mm-hmm. the longest time. Um... <laughs> The uh, Pier 6 Brawl. Yes. Oh. Which was used whenever all chaos is going yeah. on. Like, yeah. Like, the, the doors have flown off. We are... We got a wild Pier 6 Brawl going on here. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. That, that was a good one. Um, when you get into uh, how a guy has such great tendon strength, meaning he's skinny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he's got great tendon strength. Good job, Gordon. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Tendon strength. So oh, his funny. his actual name, Gordon's actual name is Francis Jeanard Labiac. Yes. Don't know where Gordon Soley came from. I guess as an announcer in the South, he had to go with something a little different. That uh, Francis, yeah, whatever, whatever. Yes, yeah. it wasn't going to fly down no, in the, no. the deep South. Oh, yes. Gordon Soley down in the because yeah, he was also in uh, Florida Championship Wrestling. So yes, I don't was. see uh, Francis flying in the Panhandle. No, not so much. Not, not with so them much. good old boys down yeah. there. No. no. I would say I learned that scotch and cigarettes is one of the four major food groups. Uh, from <laughs> scotch and cigarettes are one of four. That's good. <laughs> good job, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so that's good. Gordon was, was actually born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, that's good. Uh, he served time in the U.S. Air Force, so he's a veteran. And um, he started in his wrestling career as a ring announcer. And then when TV came along, he became a TV announcer. Isn't it amazing the amount of wrestlers that actually came out of Minnesota? Oh my gosh! I yes. mean, Rick Rude, the Road Warriors, yes. um, Barry Darso came out of there, which you might know as Demolition Smash or Crusher Khrushchev, which mm-hmm. he's known. Yeah, uh, Nick, Nikita Koloff, yep. Kurt Hennig, yes, Kurt Hennig, Vern and Greg Gagne, yeah, yes, all in the same town. Not not all Ro- this Robbinsdale, Minnesota, yes. But uh, Gordon was, um, uh, again, the uh, Jim Ross called him the most influential wrestling announcer ever. I think that's very accurate. I would say so. So who are some of your other favorite announcers from, from that era? At the time, I didn't see it, but today, Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone oh, yeah. great. Yeah. Yes. If you ever listen to his podcast, he's hilarious. Oh, wow. Uh, no. He's dirty. He's nasty. That's, He's just not right funny. That's funny. Um, the uh, um, I like I like uh, Tony Schiavone a lot. I like Jim Crockett. Um, he wasn't uh, you know he wasn't like the best, but it kind of puts me in that era. Um, yeah. Mean Gene Okerlund. I mean Gene. Yeah. Gene Mean. Yes. Yeah. So it, which is funny because here's Mean Gene in the. 
in the peak of WWF world, being part of the cartoon characters and the gobbledygook and all that other stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think he kind of got it. Like, that wasn't the real Mean Gene, but you know, he decided to show us a parody of himself. Yeah. So I, I, I've always liked him. Lance Russell. Out um, of CWF in Memphis. Yes, and he was he came he was in uh, early WCW as well because uh, oh, they kind okay. of absorbed that territory, mm-hmm. and so like him and Bob Cottle were both CWF announcers. So I mean, seeing those guys, you know, they, they were good, but man, that was Gordon. So I mean, everybody thinks as of Bobby the Brain Heenan as more of a manager, mm-hmm. but as an announcer. And I'm not a big WWF guy, but he and Gorilla Monsoon, the way they would play off of each other. See, I like Bobby. I didn't like Gorilla Monsoon. He drove me nuts. He was just a straight man. Yeah, and I just like like when uh, when Heenan came along and was doing the show with Tony Schiavone. Mm-hmm. Those two were very good together. I I, I liked them. And when Larry Zabisco would join them, Zabisco, known mostly as a wrestler, wasn't a bad color commentator announcer. Jesse Ventura is another one. Oh yeah, yeah. Jesse I like I liked, I liked him too. But not everybody can support a boa. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Pierce but, your chin. So here, here's another Gordon Soley thing that I just saw and was reminded of: Crimson Mask. Yes, the guy's covered in blood. Ah, oh, he's wearing the Crimson Mask. So yeah, good hey, stuff. Thanks yeah. for bringing that up, Matt. That was uh, uh, you gotta love Gordon. The saddest thing though the is I don't know if you know how he died. No, tell me. Um, he actually died of throat cancer and had his vocal cords removed before oh, he even died. Wow! Wow! Like the man known for his, his voice. voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. For me, it was amazing. You know, he was actually younger than we are now when he was announcing in the early '80s. Really? He was late '40s, fifty oh, years wow. old. Yeah, he seemed like he was sixty. Oh, I thought like he was sixty-five yeah. years yeah. old at yeah, that yeah, time. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So he was born in 1929. So in 19 19- 79, he would have been 50. Yeah. Wow. Which, again, when I started watching wrestling, 81, so he would have been like 51, 52 years wow, old. Wow, that's crazy. It's like, that's younger than I am now. And I don't think I carry myself as old as Gordon Soli did. <laughs> Do I? No, no, no. No, no. no you guys no, are great. No, I like yeah, you guys. No way. <laughs> You're swell. But yeah, so Jim Ross is another one, speaking of great announcers. When he was in WCW, he was great. When he moved to the WWF... I'm going to go I, snowball on you. I didn't see it in WCW. Didn't you? I, th- I, I thought he got his form when he hit WWE. I think he was better there, but mm-hmm. I liked him in WCW. Because he, he kind of, when he was calling a match, he kind of, like Gordon Soley, really kind of made you feel like this is legitimately happening and this is going on. And, oh my goodness, because he, like... Oh my gosh! It's Sting! It's Sting! Yeah. You know, stuff like that, and it's it, it kind of brought a sense of realism to what was going on. So I, I like that about him. But I, I agree with you when he was doing Raw with Jerry Lawler in later years, he was better. But now with him and Shivani and AEW, those two are very good together. Yes, they are. I don't know who the Yahoo with the mask is, but he doesn't need to be there. Yeah, I don't understand who he is and why he wears a mask while he's announcing. Uh, he must be <laughs> Cody Rhodes' friend or something. Yeah, I don't want no one to see me. So, yeah, but now we're going to talk about our um, our Mount Rushmore, yes, if you will, mm. uh, of wrestlers. So we're each going to go through and, and talk about the four wrestlers, in or your three. opinion, or, or three, three or five. five. Or five. Okay, we'll go five. Our, our, Mount Rushmore. Our Mount Rushmore are five top wrestlers okay. that you think um, 
best define the 80s and that, that you maybe enjoyed the most? So, Matt, why don't you want to go first? Uh, I'll go first because I don't have a whole lot of thought into it. I mean, you guys have far more rationale reasons and no, computer real really. cups. Okay. Rationale? <laughs> yeah. No. I, I would say, I mean, for me, who I enjoyed the most, I mean, obviously, my, my Mount Rushmore is going to be Tommy Wildfire Ridge, hands down. I got Michael Hayes up in there because I have to have Mike. He's the only one of the, of the, of the three birds. Uh, I, I would put Dusty Rhodes up there. Just because, I mean, when you're saying to me what personifies the 80s, he was a character, man. He was. I just, I felt like he, uh, and, and, I, and I loved watching him because that dude was an agile. I mean, he, I mean <laughs> that guy, I mean, all these guys such are. such a big guy? These guys well, are all beefcakes. Well, he was a college football cakes. player at one what, point. Yeah, yeah, was he? Yeah. These yeah, guys are all. Part of the West Texas uh, State football team. What? If we got into that, there's also a huge, just like just like Minnesota, Huge group that came out of West Texas. State. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Well, he, he he to me was like because uh, all these guys are muscular, beefy, beefy and brawn, and then this big old. I mean, he was fat. I mean, he, what he was went, that growth on his side? I don't know, like a boil. <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> I mean, he he, he was, wasn't ashamed of it. No. no, he was. He's like he was bigger than my dad, man. But he would get up there and just the elbow and flop around. He's bigger around than your dad and my dad together. Together, yeah. yeah. He was he was but Benny and JB make him look like kids. <laughs> polka dots, no polka dots. No polka dots. No, the, the, no, the dumbest gimmick no, ever. Yeah, no. no. Did, did did you listen to the uh, the podcast that Devlin did? Yeah, uh, with us the wrestling one. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. So one of the things he brought up back then was uh, Dusty Rhodes was so over you could throw polka dots on him and he would still be over. And so Vince McMahon put polka dots on him, make him like a big giant elephant or something. But best song he ever had as far as ring entry can't judge a book by looking at the cover you don't know that one no well why don't we check it out You can almost hear Dusty singing that. To- totally, totally sound like him singing. <laughs> All right. What's the rest uh, so, of your so list? My, then for my, to complete my Mount Rushmore would be, I mean, I have to go Ric Flair just because he was a champ. I mean, he seemed like he was always a champ. And, and again, he was a bleeder too. I, I, I like Tommy Wildfire Ridge because all the blood and, and boy, Ric Flair can bleed with the best of them. I like oh, that. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's the kind of matches I like. And then, then for my fifth spot... Um, <laughs> Of Mount Rushmore, to make it complete. Mount yeah, Rushmore. to make it complete. Mount complete Rushmore. I, I think. I mean, and, and again, I, I'm just trying to think of the generalities of, of the '80s and, and what I remember. Uh, some of my go-to thoughts would either either be like a Jimmy Snuka, and then not that I was I wasn't like a, like a huge fan of Jimmy Snuka, but at the same time, uh, he just kind of embodied the '80s to me with the, oh, the yeah. thing. I mean, he just oh, so did oh, he do it. Huh? Did he do it? He totally killed her. Okay. Yeah, he totally killed <laughs> absolutely. her. He killed his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, him and Ray Lewis were having a beer talking about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. He's not a nice guy, but I, I think he he would be my my fifth on there probably. All right, that's me. Well, what do you guys right. got? Now this that was like the fan perspective. Here's the educational. Ooh. No, you, you you had a good list. Very solid. Very solid. Well, I, mean, I, I couldn't pretty, critique. It's pretty obvious. My, that's the obvious. Well, to me. see, when you're talking wrestling back then, you can't like get too obscure. 
you know, you can't go, well, Brad Armstrong was a great technician. Right. You know, even though he was. You know, you gotta... We're not talking, like, necessarily wrestling, raw wrestling talent, but, right. you know... You're marking about... Yeah. 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 Please. Go ahead. I've got eight different Mount Rushmore's. Okay. <laughs> right ahead, man. <laughs> All right. How much time do we have left here? So, as much right. time as, as the fans will allow. Here we go. First one. It's the all wrestling in my lifetime. Singles wrestlers. Okay. All right. In your whole lifetime. Yep. In my lifetime. Okay. I don't know anything about the guys before me. Ric Flair. Yep. Just like you. Just so like is, everybody is, is else. Is he number eight or is he number one? He's number one. We're going to start we're, we're, at the top. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Ric Flair. He's the best there is. He's the best on the mic. You know, he's the best performer. Woo! You know? Yep. He was number one. Second one, hate to do it, but his influence on the uh, sport, Hulk Hogan. Ah. And, and as boring as he is, when we first got cable television and they brought him over from the AWA and the energy he brought after Rocky Three, you know, it was unreal. But then I watched his next match, and it was the exact same one. And so, oh, I'll give him another chance. And the next one was the exact same 20 match. years later, well, and, and he's I, doing I, that leg drop. I, I read something about the Vince McMahon kind of got rid of him. He, he left He left it, uh, WWF then, was it? Yeah. He left them with the AWA, and then then did the movie, and, Vin, and got huge in the movie. Yeah. And Vince was like, uh, I'm cashing in and bringing him back. So yes. he basically just, you know, he... He hopped on his bandwagon. Yeah, he actually tried to to let Vern Gagne, who's over the AWA, kind of let him know what was going on. Like, hey, Vince wants me to come and work and pay me this much money. And Vern's like, I can't pay you that much Can't money. hang with that, yeah. So maybe yeah. if he would have, it would have been a different landscape of wrestling. Good stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. move on. All right. Third one, just like you, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. Son of a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> So he says. Yeah. And the fourth one. Yeah, his matches were boring, but his influence. If he came to your town, you're man, Andre the Giant. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, you're. That's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, so that's my overall. Now we've got tag teams. Okay. Tag All right. teams. Tag okay. teams. Road Warriors. I'll have to there do that same route, too. Absolutely changed the face of wrestling. Yeah, they mm-hmm. did. I mean, yeah, they, they went from, you know, these guys, um, you know, we're kind of beer... You know, bar strong, go and get in a fight, and they could probably handle themselves to just these two beasts coming out of the weight room and just destroying Dude, everybody in sight. They look cool as crap with their shoulder pads and yeah. their, their hair. When, when I, I remember when they very first hit the scene. They were in Georgia. Oh. And before they were the Road Warriors, there was just Hawk, who was only known as the Road Warrior. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he wrestled singles. It only lasted maybe a week or two. And yeah. then next he thing said, you know, hey, there's another one of me. Hey, you know what? I got this buddy. It's a bouncer, too. Dude, having James Lornice as a Buckeye and having him, I mean, that was <laughs> awesome. That was awesome. Know, so, good. So, should we have a moment of silence? Continue. Okay. Yeah. All right, second, Rock and Roll Express. Mm. Mm, I know, but... That's controversial. <laughs> it's his Mount Rushmore. It is his Mount Rushmore. Sure, they were a combined weight of 360 pounds. But... <laughs> They sold and they sold. Right. That'd be another term. They, they were selling. Yes. Selling. Yes. That, that's when the dude like you give in to whatever the other mm-hmm. dude's doing. Right. Like you're putting him over, meaning you're making him look really good, like a jobber would do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ricky Morton would go in there and sell and sell and sell, and then he'd give the hot tag 
another term. <laughs> yes. And it's when the guy's worn out. Oh, and he falls. Slap. Uh, that's the hot tag. He comes in there, house oh, of fire, no. beating everybody up. So yeah. They were very good. That. They were good. All right, next one. The Hart Foundation. Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart. Mm. Mm, I know I'm crossing over. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You're, it's your list, man. I know it is. And, your list. And th- those are they were a great tag team. Mm-hmm. I mean, before Bret Hart was a singles wrestler th- that we knew him as, those two were a great tag team. There's no shame in that one. And the fourth one, because there's four right. on yes. the Mount Rushmore, the Freebirds. Okay, well, I, I'm oh, glad the okay. Freebirds mm-hmm. made the list. I'm sad you have four on your Mount Rushmore, but. Move mm-hmm. on. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm going to skip my other list because I have a Georgia Mount Rushmore. Oh, okay. I have a WWF Mount Rushmore. You know what? Rushmore. Why don't you go ahead and, and, and go ahead and read a couple of each, uh, each right. of those okay. there. So Georgia, once again, you got Rick, Rick Flair, Tommy Rich, Dusty Rhodes, and Buzz Sawyer. Buzz Sawyer. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Buzz okay. Sawyer was great. All right. Mm-hmm. Give us another one. Okay. Um, WWF would be Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Undertaker, and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I was going to say, but... Uh, now, this is all time Macho Man. for you? In my lifetime. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Macho Man had to be on there, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my last one, you may want to chime in and come up with your own Mount Rushmore. A jobber Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I like this. Uh, I already know. I mean, go ahead. I'm obviously, number one is... Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson. Gotta be, man. That's Absolutely. Dude was I mean, a legend. That's he good. was a good wrestler and a school teacher. He was a good, yes, yes, he was. A teacher. Sure, he had male pattern baldness, but and he's probably only like twenty four. Yeah, <laughs> but dude, I mean, he he was good. Yes, I mean, like I felt like he should have. Yeah, he was good. Okay. okay, you guys remember Randy Barber? Yeah. Yes. Pasty white skin, very soft build. Soft, I'm not going to say he's fat. He was soft. Soft is a very nice term. He's a little squishy. <laughs> With a little bit of a comb over. Okay, yeah. yeah. Ray yeah. Barber. All yeah. right. All right. <laughs> a little bit of a comb over. All right. Next guy had the looks. I don't know what it was. Chick Donovan. Chick, Chick Donovan. Donovan. Don- Donovan. Looked like yes. a, a Ric Flair ripoff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I met him. Great. <laughs> Did you <laughs> really? Yeah. It, well, when we come to see wrestling, uh, uh, We'd hang out at the Ohio Center all day waiting mm-hmm. for the wrestling yep, to start, yep, yep. so in hopes to meet some wrestlers. So we'd go down there, get, eat some pizza, yep. walk around, play Tacos. on the elevators, do whatever. But met Chick Donovan, met Michael Hayes, Jimmy Snuka, met Ric Flair. Got Sweet. in the elevator with Ric Flair, oh. and I went. I, I was in the elevator. Me and my friend were, and we're like, "You're Ric Flair." He goes, "Yeah." He's like, "I'm a big fan." He goes, "Well, thank you very much. This is very nice." <laughs> Very nice. It was an elevator ride. He figured he could endure a couple punk kids. For him. Did he go, uh, where's your mom? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I could wine and dine her. Never mind. <laughs> okay, so after Chick Donovan? The Mulkey Brothers. The Mulkey Brothers. The Mulkey. Oh, you'll have to Google them. Yes, the Mulkey Brothers. They would keep track of their record, and it was something like, oh, and 180. They were like the general. The opposite of, the, of Goldberg. Yes. Yeah. But then they had a uh, upset, and then they were like, it wasn't Starcade, but it was one of those type of pay-per-views where they were. It was a uh, tag team bracket, and they put them in the bracket. You know what? That kind of rings a bell. Maybe not the name so much, but but them actually getting a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's funny. That's funny. All right. That's my job. That's, that's your job. Very good. That's very, very good. good. All right. So my list, uh, number one, all time, Sting. Sting. Really? Sting is is was a great athlete. Which Sting? Um, I, I love both Stings, but the original 
colorful California face paint sting. Yes. Yeah, okay. This guy. I I've got my Sting that. action figure here. Because I just felt like they wasted him in the uh, Attitude Era, just sitting up there month oh after month. Oh my gosh, they created so much heat with him up in there. Like every, but it lasted so long. It lasted a year. Oh, for one year, the I guy like didn't say for nothing. a year to go sit he, up in the rafters. <laughs> he did not say anything. He did not wrestle anybody. They would just show him in the rafters. So what do you think happened? Do you think he had like a medical condition or something? No. That he couldn't fight? You know what I'm saying? No. That, that the idea was to milk that as long until it got old. But people would, like, they would show him up in the rafters. The fans would go nuts. The NWO was taken over. Like, mm. it was it was a perfect storm when he finally did come down. Because, like, they built up right, to it yeah, like this yeah, boiling yeah, 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 point. Yeah, yeah. And when he finally did, it was great. So Sting, Sting's on there. He's Sting on is there. on there. Yeah, um, the the matches with him and Ric Flair were legendary. Mm-hmm. Um, Flair made him, but at the same time he kept Flair relevant, right? Because uh, he sold a lot of stuff Ric Flair was doing. Even like even into the the nineties, Flair was not the performer he was in the earlier eighties. Uh, he was kind of starting to fall off a little bit. Put him in a match with Sting, they both look like rock stars. Did yeah. you ever see him as the one of the Blade Runners? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do you know who the Blade Runners are? I don't know who the Blade Runners are. It was uh, Sting and Ultimate Warrior. They were oh. a tag team. Uh, they were known as Flash and Rock. Oh, yeah. I didn't Sting know. was Flash. Oh, Warrior was Rock. Yeah. All right, all right. So Sting's my number one. Just from a fan perspective, he was okay. he was it. He carried WCW okay. uh, throughout the the nineties. He was the final match with Flair. Yeah, on the final Nitro, it was Flair and Sting, and Sting won. And, you know, even still, even today, he'll go to AEW, he just shows up, and people just go nuts. Yeah. And that, he's a great Christian guy, too. So he can't, I've heard he can't that. Not like I've him. Heard Can that. you give me a Tony Schiavone at Sting? Sting! Sting! So, yeah, Sting was, he's, he's still my favorite. I just, just such a good athlete, good guy. Just can't help but root for him. So he's number one. Um... Roddy Piper's my number two. Loved oh. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Just he he, he could make none of your wrestling. He can create no, no. leisure suit leisure suit Roddy Piper Heck yeah. or kilt Roddy Piper. No leisure suit jacket with a kilt. Mm, okay. <laughs> that, that's that's it. But the guy could create heat wherever he was. Um, whenever, no matter even later in his career, he would. Uh, he would just show up, and just just like Sting, he'd show up, and people just love him. So, did you ever read his autobiography? I have not. I have meant meant to several times, but have not. Okay, there's a chapter in there. Uh, his roommate's uh, Tim Killerbrooks. Somebody remember that guy? Mm-mm. Mm. Read the chapter. It talks about uh, Killerbrooks' girlfriend. Yeah, gets into some sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a book. Nice. <laughs> I don't know what I'm missing. Um, number two, baby. Number two. Uh, my number three uh, is going to be Ric Flair. Um, again, these may not necessarily be in, in an order, but these are just like, as I recall, like the people that I love the most. Uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat would be next. Number four? All right. He's my number really? four. Yeah. Hmm. Loved Ricky Steamboat. 
Oh. As much that. as you love snowballs and honey buns, or uh, I don't love snowballs. Mm. Yeah, I know. No. Yeah. yeah. That's how I feel about. Well, Ricky well, now, no, wait a second. <laughs> you guys are kind of poo-pooing on Ricky Steamboat. I want to hear why. Boring. Take yeah, a nap. I, I, I was gonna, I His was matches say, with Flair. Oh my goodness. I just. I. I, I don't feel the. Pizzazz, the oh okay. Oh, show. you want pizzazz people? Well, I mean, you just, just you want the characters. Hey, no, really? no, no, you don't no. want the wrestlers. You Rushmore, want the characters. I, want, I thought you weren't a WWF fan. It's your Mount Rushmore. Um, I want the guy that's bringing the ACDC to the arena. What's your number five? That's me. What's I your mean. number five? Uh, my number five. Hmm. Man, that's a tough one. There's so many. I'm going to say my number five. There's only so much room on the mountain. <clears throat> Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson? Yes. Really? Marty Laundry? Really? Yes. They, these, I love these guys, man. I know. I'm not saying they're bad. What they I'm bring to the ring. Of all the wrestlers, those, that's your top five? No, no Tommy. No. Tommy's not in there? No that? Tommy Ridge? No. No. Mass Superstar? Oh, okay. Barry so, Von Raschke. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just did a claw. You guys didn't see it. Okay, so th- yeah, those are those are my my guys. Like I love okay. watching those guys okay. whenever they're on. I- I'm I'm there now. If if you're talking about like who I would think would be the tops yeah. of the '80s, I would have to go Ric Flair. Right. I have to go Hulk Hogan. Okay. I'd have to go uh, Sting okay. and Randy Savage. Savage. Those yeah. are okay. those are. I mean, those are Most again popular. maybe kind of obvious. More popular. Yeah. Yes. Now I like your idea going with tag teams. So I'm gonna go Road Warriors. Yes. Yep. Steiner Brothers. Very good. Steiner. Um, okay. I will then say I like the Rockers over uh, the Rock and Roll Express. The Rockers, the Midnight Rockers. They're all the same. Exactly. They were the Midnight Rockers in AWA, <laughs> and then they became not the Midnight Rockers. That was pretty creative. They took Midnight Express, <laughs> Rock and Roll Express, and created the. Midnight Rockers. Yeah. Wow. See what they that did for Ganya. He's pretty creative. He is up there. <laughs> he is. Uh, and then my next one will be Tully and Arn. Uh, yeah. Great tag team. The Brain Busters. Never forget them. That's right. I always thought that the Andersons were more uh, of wrestling, wrestling. I mean, those yeah, dudes, which is why I picked him my original list. Because, I, I mean, <clears throat> man, Arn was like, he could, he could. He could carry a match better than anybody. Yeah, I mean, like he. So mine might be coming from a different perspective. Yeah, Yeah. I I, I get it. I respect that. Yeah, and so and then my fourth tag team would be the uh, the Hart Foundation. Okay. Yeah, but another well, we'll, when we go into um, you have an honorable mention you wanted to name there. An honorable mention? No. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, The Samoan SWAT team. Not the Samoans, but the Samoan Samoan SWAT SWAT team. team. Samu and Fatu. They they were <laughs> they were they right were now. very athletic. The 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 Samoans were just fat. They're like fat. They came out with Lou Albano and just like woo, and they just kind of rolled around in the ring. Afonsika. The Samoan SWAT team, I like better. Afonsika used to work out at the YMCA in Florida with McCloskey's dad. Really? Yes. Interesting. Just a little tidbit. They worked out. <laughs> there, we're talking late in life. They went and they walked on the treadmill, probably <laughs> something like that. <laughs> That's great. I'd have to throw an honorable mention of uh, Ivan and Nikita. Yeah, the Koloffs. Yeah. They were very good. Yep. Uh, and again, I will say the the Midnight Express, very good tag team. I mean, Jim Cornette 
when he reached a national level, was only like 23 or 24 years old. Yeah. And wow. he was just a kid. And yeah. He started the business as a kid. Wow. Taking pictures, getting yeah. paid money to take photographs. Yeah. He was, awesome. He was, I mean, he's got a great wrestling mind, mm-hmm. how the business works. His podcast is really good, too. Yes, if you can get past the first half hour of him uh, ripping on all Republicans and Trump. <laughs> yeah. That's... <laughs> It's a fast-forward function that yes. I like to use. Okay, our last segment here, we are going to talk about our ultimate 80s dream card. So, the, 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 there are really no rules here. Any guy that was a wrestler in the 80s or any tag team could be part of our super card. Mm-hmm. So, they, they could have not ever met, been any kind of... Um, Anything. They, maybe they've never wrestled, but I want to see. I want to hear what your guys' dream cards would be. So would you say like, like a match? Yeah, you what know, like like, like you know, the wrestling match. matches. You got the you got the the opening match, and then it works all the way up to the main event. Right, so right, right. It's, it's you know, do three three or four pieces. You want me to get it started, or what? You think well, about absolutely. Because I mean, I, I'm just. I mean, I, I said in the beginning of this thing uh, nine hours ago. I, I said. <laughs> That you guys are the brains here. It's only been here. six and a half. Come okay, on, my fault. Yes, come on. Uh, but I mean, I, I'm just, I'm really a spectator here. Okay. I'll give a match or two, but this is this is you guys' bread right. and butter. So. so when you're creating a card, yeah, very important in the NWA environment to have that hook. Yes, you got to have that cage match. You got to have that no disqualification match. First Chicago blood Street match. Fight. Yeah. Yes. I like that. Bull rope match. Texas death match. Bull rope match. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have those. So my curtain jerker match, kind of get the people in there, get them started for the night. It's a mask versus mask. Ooh, I I like that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good one. We're going with uh, Mr. Wrestling 2. Yes. And the Masked Superstar. Ooh, okay, that's a great match. I'm already I'm gonna say that's yeah. a great match. This is a great card. Yeah, you wouldn't a, want to miss it. No, that's a great match. No, that's, you'd want to get there early before Rome. Absolutely. Yep. All right, so you got mask versus mask. All right, and the way this finishes, Mister Wrestling Two gets unmasked, and we discovered it's my 65 year old grandfather, <laughs> <laughs> which I is think he really mean? was my 65 year old grandfather. <laughs> Oh, that's very yeah, So that's my curtain jerker to get the night started. That's a good way to get the night started, though. Nice. Okay. All right. So so mine, just because it's such an extensive card, you know, like there's so many people. I mean, you know, like, you got to go nine, ten matches. So I'm going to start off with, what did you say? I got seven. Seven. Really? Okay, yeah. I got tons of them. <laughs> and but some of them will we'll What are we doing? Some. WrestleMania, four hours, just six about, hours. But without Liberace. Yes. Without Liberace. So I'm going to start off with um, the Rockers versus the Rock and Roll Express. Ooh, you got one half of that match right. So, you know, the, the, the battle for the name. Mm-hmm. Oh, Whoever like loses has got to change Ooh. their name. I like that. that yeah. Very good. So... Damn. Get a little bit of heat building up to it for a while. That reminds me of Anchorman 2. <laughs> oh, Jack, yeah. <laughs> Jack Lame. <laughs> that uh, escalated pretty quickly there. Yeah, it? Yeah, it sure did. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's, my, there's my opening match. That's your opener? Yeah. All right, well, that part of that's my second match because we got to pick up the pace after Old Man Mr. Wrestling 2 kind of put everybody to sleep there. All right, all right. So we've got the Rock and Roll Express. And we, this match has happened a million times, but it's always a great match versus the Midnight Express. 
That's a good okay. one. The version with uh, beautiful Bobby. And, and sweet Stan. And sweet Stan. Not yeah. Dennis Connery and Norrell Austin. No, no. <laughs> Not quite as good. No. So this one's title versus title. Okay. You've got All the right. uh, Rock and Roll Express, which is your world champions. And you got the Midnight Express, which is our U.S. champion. But I'm going to throw a little swerve in there. So the winner gets both titles. We got a little oh. running. Road Warriors running. Beat the crap out of both teams. Spin them both. Take both titles and leave the arena. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I well, love it. You well, guys, just you're dismissed. That's good. <laughs> yeah. What's it called that the, the, the sets matches up? What's it called? The Booker. The bo- we got some Bookers here. Mm-hmm. We do. You guys would be good I think bookers. we could have done it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Some booker. Okay, well, back to you. Um, so mine, sort of another tag team match. Mm-hmm. Midnight Express. See, that's the thing with the NWA. You had good tag teams. Oh, yeah. If you think about the WWF, other than a couple of ripoffs that they brought in. Like Demolition. Yeah. We're not trying to act like or look like the Road Warriors. What did they really Devlin tried to argue with me. No, they're trying to go for that Mad Max little thing. Because he loves, he's a mark for Demolition. I'm like, they were fat and out of shape. Yeah, it was at the end of their career. Yeah, just they weren't good. Uh, So I've got Midnight Express, the Bobby and Stan version. Okay. Versus Kevin and Kerry Von Erich. Love the Von Erichs. I do too. I love that. that. I mean, you're talking about four guys that could really work a match. I think that would be a great match. That it could be almost a be match. a main event. I guess one thing we need to take a step back. Where's this match taking place? Um, the Omni. The Omni. You're the Omni. is the most premier wrestling yes. card ever going to take place. Then the, the Omni, Omni brother. Brother. Yes. Okay. Not the garden. No, no, we're not going to the garden that's with this one. No, it's good. there's too much violence for the garden. They couldn't handle it. That's good. All right. Okay, my yeah. next match. I'm bringing the Chillicothe homeboy, Bobby Fulton. Wow, Bobby there's Fulton. a blast from the past. I didn't even think about the him. most entertaining match I've ever watched in my life. Is this? There was probably maybe a hundred people there. He brings in um, Rick Rude uh-huh. and Bobby Fulton. And it was absolutely the most entertaining. Really? They had some 400-pound guy in the front row doing push-ups on the floor. It, it was, what? It was what just that even. It was just so out there, the way Rick Rude would just play the crowd and just bring the heat. Even oh, he though was there was hardly anybody there, yeah. he was just unbelievable. I mean, for me, that was the most entertaining match I ever had. <laughs> so Bobby Fulton and Rick Rude. Yep. That's, Rude gets a clean win on this one. Of course. Of course he does. So my next one will be um, just because these guys were huge names. They never really faced in their primes so much. Um, and neither one of them were good wrestlers. Lex Luger versus Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, they both could generate heat. Hogan. Have a pose off at the end. They could. Absolutely. Yeah. They could. Or maybe during the match, uh, there's a run-in from like maybe like, like Savage and, you know... Um, Paul Orndorff or something, I don't know, somebody. And then Luger and Hogan end up teaming oh, there you against go. those guys. There you go. Because like, like they're, each, feud- they're each feuding with somebody mm-hmm. different. They've broken up what like could have been a five-star, like not that. a five-star match, not with those guys. But apparently Hulk Hogan was a better wrestler than he let on because he toured Japan, great matches there in America. He did what got him over and nothing else. He was, he was like a glorified, what was he in the Rocky Thunderlips? Yeah, Thunderlips, yeah. baby. Baby, yeah. <laughs> I, I would throw one match in there you mentioned when you yeah. said, uh, when Feel you free said to chime uh, 
Von er- was it Von Erichs? Von Erichs, yeah. I think the Von Erich brothers against the Anderson brothers. Ole and mm-hmm. Ole and Ar- I, I think when it comes to just straight wrestling moves, I mean, it would be more of a technical match, I think, yeah. than it would be like a, a flashy kind of thing. That would be a good match. But that would be a good one to watch, yeah. I think. I think that. Well, the Anderson who, who brothers would, were Gene and Ole. Gene and Ole, that's what I mean, yeah. Who, who would win? Uh, Von Erichs are much younger. Von Erichs? Better conditioned. Okay. Yeah. Again, we're putting prime to prime, though. You know. Prime to, I still take them. Still take them? Yeah. Okay. Gene Anderson never really. He, he was like Mr. Wrestling 2, I think, maybe. Yeah. I think he might have, it, been, it might have been the same guy. It wasn't, but. <laughs> it wasn't. No, it really wasn't. How but it kind of like had that similar physique. Was it, there was just Ole and, Ole and Gene. Was actually, Arne? actually then, then before Arne, that, there was a Lars Anderson. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wasn't there an Arn? Arn, yes. Arn, we talked about earlier. Arn is booked as Ole's nephew. But he is really no relation. Yeah. Okay. okay. His real name's Marty. Okay. Yeah. Lundy. Like like um like Devlin Anderson. Yeah. His real last name is Clemens. But he 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 was such a fan of the Andersons growing up and he kinda had you know sort of that, that, that shorter, stockier yeah. physique and yeah. the beard. So he just took on the Anderson name. Okay. Tribute. So there you go. What do you got, Mike? Alright. Next match. Seen it a million times. Greatest feud ever. I don't know how many years it lasted. Tommy Wildfire Rich and Buzz Sawyer. Come on with That's it. That's a great one. Come yeah. on with it. Yes. It's a no DQ, of course. You can't have a disqualification. Oh, yeah. Are, oh, are yeah. they in a cage? No, we're not in the cage in this one. Just false count anywhere? Yeah, false count anywhere. Nobody knows who wins, though. They fight all the way back to the locker room. That's the best kind right there. Yeah, oh, yeah. nobody knows. They just fight all the way back to the locker room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next match starts. It's still back there fighting, yeah. as far as we know. <laughs> Nice. Oh, that's great. Uh, my next one, I think, would be a heck of a match. Okay, think about both guys in their prime. Masked Superstar versus Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Yep, two big Those men. two would beat the crap out of each other. Yes, they would. Very, Very stiff, another term. Yeah, mm-hmm. which, which is where they deliver a lot of blows that really hit and really hurt. Yeah. So, like, you hear uh, Ric Flair's knife-edge chops be known as, those are, those are stiff. So, yeah, that would be a pretty stiff match. So, because we are great bookers, it's time for intermission. All right. You got to go set up the gimmick tables. You got to have the baby faces out there selling, you know, Polaroids. You know, the fans Uh are 20 bucks. Polaroids. That's right. Yes. You got to have that. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. So, when you come out of the intermission, you can't just start up. No. It's not like starting a show all over again. And you don't want to pull people away from the gimmick tables. Right. You know, I mean, they're getting their... uh, you know, shots with Gordon Soley. Right. You know? Yeah. Things like that are happening right now. You don't want to pull them away. So we're going to start off with a little Brad Armstrong versus my favorite nickname of all time, Dirty Dick Slater. <laughs> and he's only in this match because of his nickname. There you go. There yeah, it is. It's a good one. There you know? you go. But the thing is, with this match, what actually ends up happening it gets interrupted as Tommy Rich drags Buzz Sawyer back out <laughs> of the ring. That's what I was going to say. It would be funny if the spotlight hit me. Oh, that's awesome. My match never gets to end as it gets interrupted oh, by Tommy Rich pinning a bloody oh, Buzz great. Sawyer for I a one, I was two, thinking, three. What would be funny is if they come out oh, after the gosh. next match. That's already in your script. I love it. Yes. <laughs> that's perfect. Great mind. Right oh, there. goodness. So my next one's another tag team bout. Oh, that's funny. The Hollywood Blondes, which is Brian Pillman and uh, uh, Steve Austin, yep. against the Hart Foundation. Hmm. 
I think that would be a heck of a match. I love I I love the Hollywood Blondes. They could have done a whole lot yeah, more they, stuff. They sure could have. Uh, uh, Steve Austin tore like a pec or a tricep or something, so it kind of put a halt to that thing. And then they didn't really want him back after that, so he became a superstar yeah. in the ECW and then the WWF. So a bit. yeah, they they missed out on that one. They they said they t- couldn't. He didn't really have a look that they could use. Okay. All right. Okay. So he'll make millions be one of the most famous wrestlers of all time, but that's but, okay. Yeah. But uh, that that would be a, a good one, um, just because they're both kind of a brawling but but skilled tag team. I think that one goes goes all over the. Not maybe not all over the arena, but all out, you know, outside the ring a lot, a lot of near falls. But I think, uh, I think uh, Austin uh, pins Jim Neidhart, who is probably the weak link of that tag team. Yeah, yeah. So, I would say so. So there you go. There's there's that one. Next, I move into my semi-main event. So I might be a little ahead of you there. So you may have to, you know, give several matches. I may have here. to do two or three of them yeah. after yeah. this <laughs> to catch up. <laughs> So, we've named both of these tag teams, but when these two tag teams were over, it was unreal. You had the Von Erichs versus the Freebirds. Yeah, Great baby! Feud. Yeah, the Von Erichs were absolutely one of the most over tag teams ever. Yes. I mean, the women in Texas loved them. Yes, they did. Yeah. And we got to make our crowd happy here, so we're going to get a clean win for the Von Erichs. Of course. Over the Freebirds. Yes. you got to... You're you're bowing down to the oh, come on man. You gotta you gotta send them hell. You're not home uh, yeah, yet. Like, you can't have everything be a screw job finish All or right. the heels no. win in every match. So All yeah. Right. yeah. All right, so I'll do a couple of them here. Um, Mark Callis versus Sid Vicious. Mark Callis, otherwise known as the Undertaker. The Undertaker. Before yeah, he was the Undertaker, he was Mean Mark Callis. Mean Mark Callis. Yes. So those two would probably have a pretty good match. Um, and as long as Sid wasn't playing softball. That's what I was going to say. Sid when, Vicious is probably when, the best softball player in all of pro wrestling. Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, he, he would, like, take summers off sometimes to play softball instead of wrestling. Interesting. Can yeah, you imagine he, playing against him? He was the king of the no-shows in the oh, summertime. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But when he was dialed in, he you know, he, he could put on a good match. Did you ever see when he jumped off the uh, turnbuckle and had the compound yes. fracture? Oh, that was sick. Oh. oh no! Did he yes, really? That that was bad. He had these black wrestling boots on, and they were bent sideways yes. oh, from the shin. No. Yeah, it was clean break, tibia, fibia, snap. Oh yeah, my crack goodness pop. gracious! It was, yeah, it was awful. All right, so my next match, which I think may could possibly be the best match on the card, on my card, would be Randy Savage against the Great Muda. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Think about that. I mean, think about those matches that Muda had with it. Sting, and just how athletic Muda was. Put him against the very athletic Randy Savage. And uh, <laughs> what, what's going on there, boys? It's the dog. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, Savage and Muda, I think, would be a tremendous match. So yeah. So are we on to me for my main event. Yes. All What's right. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, main event, come on. Accompanied by Baby Doll. Okay. Okay. Versus the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Seen him many times. With with, with Fifi? No, no Fifi. No Fifi, just just the Nature Boy. Yep. Maybe maybe two women on each arm when he walked to the ring, though. Yes. Okay. At at least two. At least two. At least two. (laughs) That's how he rolled. 
Gotcha. So in this match, Dusty has to fight off every member that was ever a horseman. Old <laughs> Paul Romer, <laughs> Tully, JJ, Barry Windham, Paul Roma, Mongo McMichael, Benoit, and Dean Malenko. <laughs> Fights them all. Did you mention Sting? Was he? He was, and they unceremoniously kicked him out. Because... They, they were kicking him out. You got to see the video because Arn Anderson's like, "We tried to warn you. We tried to warn you. Get out of the business. You're no good." No, it was Ole that said it. I was, it was pretty intense stuff. Yeah, that so, sounds like yeah. intense stuff. Yeah. So Dusty would have to fight all those guys off. Yeah, huh? Dusty fought them all off and reversed the figure four, and Flair quit. <laughs> <laughs> you know that when you roll them over, that pressure yeah, point changes. Right, right. Yes, it, it does. That's what Gordon said. Yeah. Yep. It can be reversed. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so I've got several. I'm just going to name them off here. Uh, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson against the Freebirds. Mm-hmm. All right. That'd be a good match. That'd be good. Uh, Road Warriors versus the Steiners. Yeah. that We've seen that one a hundred times. Yes. But great match. I, man, I think night to night that the winner should change on that one because they, they were both pretty awesome. Um, Sting versus the Ultimate Warrior. That's that's a good match. I would love I would to like, have seen that. Both guys in their prime. I mean, if Sting is a much better athlete. Yeah, he would have to carry that match. He, he would, but just to see those two icons wrestling each other would be pretty cool. That would be awesome. Former friends. There, yeah. was, there was a lot of friction between the two. Was there? Yeah. No kidding. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, realize that. Because I know when, uh, when Warrior came to WCW towards the end of his career there, he... Uh, they they tagged. He weighed 180 pounds and came in. Yeah, <laughs> was he the Dingo Warrior? What was no, he? they just called him the Warrior. So, uh, let's see. And I've also got uh, a Texas Death Match: Roddy Piper and Terry Funk. Which, Very good. That may be the best match of the night. That could be. Yeah, uh, th- this would be a bull rope match mm-hmm. and Texas Death Match and a bunkhouse match all into one. All wrapped up in one. Yeah, and oh my gosh, that would be a great one. And then my main event. Rick Flair versus Rick Steamboat. Rick Flair, you got Steamboat and, and and Flair. Yeah, those two had some of the best matches in wrestling history together. All right. All Late right. '80s NWA. Those were some good times. Good times. So, yeah, there's my there's my. So uh, on on your card, the, I don't know. I don't want to say they're gimmicky wrestlers, but like like where do you guys put like Tony Atlas, Ken Patera, those kind uh, of guys? They're just they they never had good matches. I mean, we could have those two wrestle each other. Let's put Tony on the card. You want to, and maybe it would be um, after inter- that'd be an after intermission. Yeah, that would yeah. definitely be. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's so. what you want to watch, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. I'm just no. I'm saying I'd like to see him. Yeah. The, the, Ted DiBiase and Mike Rotunda would have been a good match, and both those guys in their prime. I would like to see that. Uh, Barry Windham and. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Barry Windham and, and Mark Callis have been a better match than Sid Vicious, so I'll take that back. Because mm-hmm. Barry Windham was a good wrestler. Yes, he but was. But the, 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 the word on Windham was that he was just kind of, you know, he, he knew he was gifted, but just kind of didn't go to the in. gym, yeah. didn't really do that no, little do extra. But when the lights came on, he was just a great performer. So I'm um, listening all night to, to your guys' uh, <clears throat> tutorial on wrestling, which has been very informative. There's some names I, I didn't hear you say, so I was kind of curious. Far so, away. like, you know, I didn't hear you guys mention one time, like, a Jake the Snake. Is he just the worst guy in the world, or is he no, just he was, he was a good worker. I mean, yeah. yeah well, where just, would you put him at? He just a... Uh, oh, top five. 
Just kidding. <laughs> Everybody's in the top five. Yeah. <laughs> top five lame no, WWF more. gimmicks? Yeah. <laughs> what could be better than Coco Beware? Coco Beware. Junkyard oh. Dog. JYD. No one ever said about JYD. Yeah, liked him. He was all right. He was, I, 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 he he was, was a, over. And yeah, he was a good fan favorite. Um, you know, nothing that. Uh, yeah, the, the thump, and that was about it. Yeah, he didn't really have a lot. Barking yeah. at the moon. And, yeah. But you remember, like, like uh, some guys that put on good matches, like the Moon Dogs. Uh, the Moon Dogs, yes, like them and the Samoans would wrestle and just like all four covered with blood all over the all over the place. I mean, I love a good bloody match. That yes, oh, I do too. That was the best stuff. Best stuff. So, I think we have exhausted our professional wrestling talk. You unless guys made it, it, unless it, there's anything else, Matt, is there I, anybody I, we've I, left out? I think you guys should be. What are they called again? Not jobbers. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not. We're no jobbers. Yeah. Bookers. bookers. I think you guys should be bookers. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's too late to get into that career or not. You know what? I I honestly believe that the brain trust here. I I, I would include you in that, Matt. Eh, we we can. We'll make we, you an announcer. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll be a I'll be a little backstage and. I could do that. I could do that. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we could put on a better product than WWE currently does. Yes, we could because it's hot trash. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, guys, I appreciate you both coming along. Um, this was a very fun podcast to do. We could probably continue this talk for another seven or eight hours. Easy. But we, we've lost our crowd a long yeah, time. Got, oh, who's yeah. out there? Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. <laughs> Who made it all the way through? Well, you know what? Some people will make it all the way through to hear the ending theme. So, you know. You know. We'll do that. It. So, guys, thank you. And here's our ending theme. Until next week, Gordon Soley saying so long.